What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And you may have noticed that we did not do an episode last week, so we have a very busy show for you tonight because we have two weeks of ranking updates to uh, discuss. Um, There are more movers and shakers this week than ever before. Uh, Bart and I also got together uh, for, I believe, what, the second time ever in person (laughs) uh, over the weekend for a Nats game. So uh, there's so much going on, Bart. It was nice. It was uh, Father's Day weekend, got together uh, at Nationals uh, Park. And yeah, it was a little bit of a rocky start because we were going to, I was going to bring the whole family and then my daughter woke up sick. And so just my son and I came. So yeah, I spent half the game wrangling my three-year-old, but yeah, you know, watched about half the half the game too. It was it was a lot of fun. Great seeing you and your family. So a great time, and we got we got bobbleheads. Uh, you know, got to meet Mackenzie Gore. So it was a fun day. Yeah, I would say your son was very well behaved, and it was uh, it was cool. I mean, you indulged me because I was like, we got to get there early to get those bobbleheads. It was uh, it was Abe, Abraham Lincoln and uh, Teddy Roosevelt racing. Yeah. bobblehead so it's like a two-for-one bobblehead and then you get it autographed by Mackenzie Gore and now now we have this priceless item on our hands Bart and uh <laughs> and you know I we we uh yeah we're, we we love Mackenzie Gore uh he's he's still not super high in our rest of season rankings which are up at rosrankings.com but uh he's got the skills to move up if he can just get that whip down that's really kind of the the thing holding him back yeah, and Lane Thomas is up. Man, I think we've got Lane Thomas inside our top 200 now. He just keeps hitting. Uh, I had bet on him before the game to go over one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs, and I think that's hit like, I don't know. It, it's probably hit like nine out of the last ten or something because he's just so involved. He's at the top of that order, and he's still just rostered in like 75% of the leagues. That should be much closer to 100%. So shallow leagues, make sure you're picking up Lane Thomas. I don't know if it hit the day in that game, though, did it? I don't know. It did? I, it that was did? the one okay. bet I, I had. That was the one bet run, I hit. So I was, I was bitterly disappointed. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on a cold streak with my DraftKings uh, sportsbook <laughs> betting. Uh, so, But I'm not the seasoned gambler that you are, so that, that might <laughs> yeah. be the issue. <laughs> I'll teach you. I'll teach you. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, but anyway... Let's get down to business because we've got so much to cover here tonight. Uh, new top 500 uh, rest of season rankings are up at rosrankings.com. And we kind of took a, a sledgehammer to, to our rankings in some <laughs> respects. Um, really more like um, back of the ranking maintenance. Uh, you know, guys in the 400s get, getting players out of there that had no business being in there and adding a bunch of new names. So we I think we probably added close to 50 players this week um so there'll be a lot for you to chew on uh up at the site so please do check that out and uh bart and i are going to talk about it uh we're going to go position by position around the horn um to just take a kind of bigger picture look at our rankings where they stand now um of course talking about the movers and shakers but also just um the the general lay, lay of the land when it comes to uh the rankings at each position so bart why don't you get us started here um at catcher we've had uh, a couple notable call-ups at this position, and it's a, a shallow position, of course, all the time. Um, so these guys are, are maybe names that can immediately be fantasy relevant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one at the top of the list uh, is Henry Davis uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He is uh, he's already in our, inside of our top 10. So I see you've got him inside your top 200. He's at 262 overall for me, but 
he's definitely uh, the higher of the two if we're talking him and Bo Naylor, uh, who has a little bit more speed to his game. You know, left-handed bat, but so far he's been batting ninth in that Guardian lineup and not doing so much just yet. And we have to obviously be patient with some of these rookies getting called up. You know, they often have high strikeout rates and, and the adjust when they try to adjust to the big league game, it it usually only gets worse. But yeah, I mean, we were we were really big on guys like uh, Francisco Alvarez coming in. Took him some time. So Henry Davis is the one that I think can immediately be a top 12 guy if you have a guy like we were talking about Alejandro Kirk, you know, before we started the show. He's on the IL with a lacerated hand. He'll be back soon, but like he also hasn't been that great. So if you're dealing with sort of like, you know, which catcher of the week you're 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 rolling with, I know that you were playing uh, Patrick Bailey for a while. Maybe you still are because he's been pretty good. So uh, would you drop Patrick Bailey for Henry Davis? Is that something that you've considered in that league? Uh, it's something I considered. It's not something that I that I did actually. Um, I you know the funny part is uh, I so I'm currently carrying two catchers right now in that league, which I haven't done most of the season. But I'm trying to. I'm way behind on my catcher games, so I'm, I'm sort of having like open tryouts right now, and also <laughs> just trying to pick up a few extra games here and there when some guys have off days. Right. Um, so my initial plan, I've I, I um I'm back with Patrick Bailey. I did briefly. Uh, move on uh, from him to Mitch Garver for a little while, but then Garver's playing time started to dry up, and and Bailey just kept on hitting. So I went back and and went back to Bailey. Uh, he's kind of my primary catcher right now. Um, I did put in a claim for Bo Naylor and got him, uh, and then I saw Henry Davis came out, and I tried to drop Naylor for Davis, but I was outbid by someone else, so I was not okay. able to get Henry Davis. Uh, I ultimately ended up dropping Naylor uh, for Yiner Diaz of the oh, okay. Astros. Um, and, uh, you know, he is a, an interesting player that I feel like is getting lost in the shuffle a little bit here. And, and he's a rookie, too. Um, and if you look at it, I mean, the one thing you don't you're not going to get from Diaz that you could conceivably get from the other guys is some steals. Um, but realistically, I feel like Henry Davis is the only one that could actually steal bases. I mean, Bo Naylor did steal a lot of bases last season uh, in the minor leagues. Um, but this season, he only had two steals in 60 games at AAA. Uh, last season, he stole 20 bases, believe it or not. So um, mm. I'm looking for – if I, if you can get steals from catcher, that's like a godsend, you know. So I would love to get some of those steals. And Henry Davis uh, is going to mostly be playing in the outfield. So I feel like – that improves his chances of actually running some. So I I definitely feel like he has a, an interesting shot to be like a, a Dalton Varsho type. I mean, maybe maybe he won't be that good right away, but that's the kind of player he could be. Uh, Naylor is probably going to be more of the traditional, you know, hit 250, 260, 20 to 25 home run power. Um, I, I'd love it if he stole bases. I just don't really see it, but... Um, but you know, I, I do think he can be decent as well, but, uh, Diaz, like I said, I, I just think he's flying under the radar. Cause this is a guy that hit 25 home runs and hit, uh, over 300 in the minor leagues last season. So, um, he's actually <laughs> a pretty good prospect in his own right. And he's off to a really nice start for the Astros this season. Yeah. And in the last week he's been batting uh, fourth or fifth in that lineup and he has three home runs, you know, this week, uh, he has six on the year. He hit one in a day game, uh, today. So, yeah, he's been hitting them out, and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't mention him because I kind of skipped over talking about Bo Naylor, but you're right. Uh, Diaz, we actually have higher in our rankings up on the site 
Uh, I have Naylor a little bit higher. You have Diaz a little bit higher. For me, it was a little bit about like the opportunity, some maybe the stolen base potential. But you're absolutely right. Like ranking them uh, combined, we have it: uh, Davis, Diaz, and then Naylor. And you know, Davis was the number one overall pick just two years ago, so he obviously has that pedigree. Yeah, and I think big picture, like just looking at our catcher rankings, I mean, it, this position gets really dicey after your top eight or so catchers um yep so like if you don't have one of those guys like by all means do what i'm doing you know just like add one of these guys maybe even two of them Uh, i'd put patrick bailey in that in that category as well and just see what happens you know see if these guys um can can carry it over for the entire season because i feel like between henry davis patrick bailey yiner diaz and bo naylor there's going to be at least one or two of those guys that our top 12 catchers this year. And it's possible they could all be top 12 the rest, like from this point forward. So, sure. um, you know, it, it just doesn't take that much uh, to be that guy. I mean, you know, I was talking about like Christian Vasquez always sneaks into the top 12 and catcher every year. And it's not because he's particularly good. <laughs> it's because catcher is bad. And not this year, but yeah, and, not you know, this year. <laughs> we, I think two weeks ago, we talked about Wilson Contreras as a potential buy low because, you know, people were dropping him, and now they still are. So once you, like you said, like that top eight, then you kind of get into like the Wilson Contreras's in that area. And you know, if you're in a shallow league, you you could you could drop him for one of these guys for the upside. That's kind of the, once you get to Wilson Contreras, I'm sort of like, yeah, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, and and like one of our top five catchers is Jonah Heim, and he was in the same boat as these other guys just a couple months ago. I mean, he was not yep. a name people were rushing out to draft and now he's a top five catcher in our rankings um, because of how he's produced. And, you know, I, I, I can draw some similarities between him and Yiner Diaz because, the, you know, they're both in, in these really potent offenses in Texas. And uh, <laughs> I, I think being in, in those strong offenses really does help the cause. It, it's going to help the run production and certain teams. I just feel like um, get, get good numbers out of kind of whoever plays for them. <laughs> you know, I feel like mm-hmm. Texas is one of those teams. I sort of feel like the Astros are one of those teams. Um, we've seen it with other teams like the Braves, uh, the Cardinals in the past, you know? Um, so I, I, I gravitate towards those types of situations. Well, you want to go ahead and move over to first base. Uh, we've got some, some bad news there. Uh, if you have Vinny Pasquantino, I'm sure you've dropped him by now. He's out for the season. I think he had shoulder surgery today, actually. So he's done unless you're in some sort of a keeper dynasty league. And, um, you know, I was going to start with some of the Cincinnati Reds here. And I know that Ellie De La Cruz is the hotness right now. But, you know, across the board, uh, Spencer Steer, he's first base and third base eligible. He's been flying up my rankings. He's, a, he's now a top 12 first baseman for us. And I know that you moved, uh, well, Joey Votto, we, we at least had to add Joey Votto to our rankings, right? He wasn't in our top 500, so he's on there. He, he hit a home run in his first at-bat. That was a pretty magical return for him. But the other name I wanted to mention was Christian Encarnacion Strand, who you moved up pretty highly. I think you're anticipating the call-up. I think you moved him inside maybe around maybe 300 overall or something. I haven't moved him up there yet, but if he can get the playing time, uh, whether it's outfield, first base, whatever, uh, he's obviously going to make a big impact. So what's your thought process around him? Are you thinking the, the call-up is inevitable there? Well, uh, it should be. <laughs> I mean, everyone <laughs> seems to be waiting for this to happen, and uh, and it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, I can't predict what the Reds are going to do. What I can say is that this is a team that has not been shy about calling up their prospects. I mean, they've been calling yeah. up everyone in their farm system this season. So I don't really see 
uh, much of a reason for them to hesitate to call him up other than the fact that they just have a lot of bodies, you know? I mean, that's kind of, you mentioned Joey Votto. I mean, Joey Votto is, is a, uh, is a legend to Reds fans. <laughs> um, but this is a team that is in first place right now in the NL central, uh, team that really has uh, a decent shot to make the playoffs. So they got to do what they need to do to win. And, you know, I just look at Joey Votto and I see a, a player who had this great season in 2021, but outside of that is basically severely declined over the last five years. You know, he's yeah. not the player that he used to be. He's 39 years old. And I just don't buy that. I mean, it's nice that he came right back in and hit a home run and, and, you know, uh, He's he's got the fresh legs right now because he's been on the IL for so long. <laughs> but like, I don't see it lasting with Joey Votto. Um, that you know they they've been with Christian Encarnacion and Strand. They've been playing him in the outfield uh, in the minors uh, the last couple games. And there's an opening there too. I mean, you know, Will Benson is in their lineup uh, in in the outfield in a corner outfield spot, and TJ Friedel is okay, but um, you know. I mean, he's their center fielder, so he probably sticks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Christian Encarnacion Strand can make this a better offense. Uh, the numbers he's putting up in the minor leagues are insane. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's hitting three forty five with 17 home runs in 49 games. Um, yeah. And the, the nice thing about it, um, you know, he kind of has this reputation as like a bad ball hitter. And that, you know, that has its pluses and minuses. I mean... Generally speaking, it's the rare player that can succeed in the majors, swinging at a lot of pitches way outside of the strike zone. But um, they basically asked him to improve on that, and he has. I mean, he his strikeout rate has gone way down recently, and his walk rate has gone way up. So he is being more selective at the plate, doing exactly what they want him to do to earn that call-up. And I just look at first base. It's just a really tough position this year. And I see Christian Encarnacion Strand as a player that could be a, a serious difference maker. Yeah, for sure. And didn't want to gloss over Spencer Steer too much, but again, like he kind of, he's doing everything, you know. And like you said, the Reds are winning. They've won eleven in a row now. Now they get to they, they face the Braves next, and then my Orioles. So that winning streak's coming to an end pretty soon, I think. But they are winning games. They're scoring a lot of runs. Spencer Steer has ten homers, seven stolen bases. Uh, 40 runs and RBIs. The counting stats are there. He's batting 278. So he's just hit. He's hitting all over in this lineup, but he's hitting between like second and fifth. And it's a great lineup. And as long as there's a place for him, uh, and you know, <laughs> Encarnacion Strand or someone else doesn't bump him out uh, every day, then Steer has been a nice, uh, really a revelation at first or third. And the next guy I wanted to mention, we were talking about ahead of time. I didn't realize that Justin Turner is first base eligible, but he's first and third also. So we can talk about him here. Man, I love Justin Turner uh, coming to Fenway. Uh, it's a you know nice nice hitters ballpark. He, he's been playing it off the green monster a lot, and he is just he's just raking right now. He had another home run today, and Justin Turner is like where have we 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 probably moved him up to. I don't know that we've moved him up far enough at first base. We have him behind Anthony Rizzo. We should have changed that. <laughs> that might be my bad. But yeah, Justin Turner inside our top two hundred. Uh, he was probably in the 300s or way further down, but he's just been so hot in the month of June. Yeah, I love Justin Turner. I, I've always liked him as a player, and I, I definitely have liked him as a fantasy option. Uh, just so many years of good production, and I feel like it often sort of fell under the radar a little bit just because he, he's never been that 30 home run guy, uh, but he hits for a high batting average and and 
20, 25 home runs. So uh, it adds up. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to Frank Stamfel of CBS because he tweeted uh, a couple hours before we got on air here. Uh, that Justin Turner now has four stolen bases on the season, which is Ooh. more than Ozzy Albies, Bo Bichette, and Manny Machado. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's not something that you traditionally get from uh, Justin Turner, but that's just like the icing on the cake. Yep, absolutely. Um, let's see, who else do we have on here? The, the note next to Luis Arias. What do we do with him? Yeah, uh, We talked about him a couple weeks ago because I was just, I was kind of talking about him as a sell high, honestly, like, sell high on the sports center highlights chasing 400 all this stuff because he really doesn't have much other than that and it's nice when he gets five hits and all that but you know unless you really need the help at average i don't know like i've moved him up slightly because it the average does help when he's batting 400 of course but there, there's just not much else there so what do you do with him i think if you can sell him high you do i think is he also eligible at second base in yeah. yahoo leagues mm-hmm. so that's a nice little bonus but otherwise there's just not a whole lot there yeah, I mean, that's generally been my position on Luis Arias, too. But he's making it harder and harder to to maintain that position because um, he does have a skill that very few other players have. I mean, like, it's not it's not a fluke that he's hitting for a high average, you know? I mean, the the, the extent of it, maybe. But uh, he, he, he is... Not a, you know, I'd, I'd still bet against him hitting 400, but like <laughs> he's going to hit over 350 this season, you know? So, like, yeah, it, it, if you look at how it translates to value in, in roto leagues, like it does, you know? And, um, so he has been moving up my rankings, but I generally still agree with you because batting average is just the thing that fluctuates the most. It's, it's the hardest, like, even a great hitter like him, like pure hitter like him. I uh, could see his average dip quite a bit. And the fact that he's got two home runs and one steal in the season, like, you know, he's the 58th overall player in five by five leagues, according to Yahoo right now. And, uh, you know, I don't expect him to finish inside the top 100. So in that sense, like, yeah, I guess he is a sell high, but it's just a question of, will anyone buy it? You know, <laughs> like, I, like, yeah, you know, I don't like, it might just be better to just, if you can balance your roster out, if you have like, you know, I don't want to say Joey Gallo because I never want to have Joey Gallo. But if you have, if you have like a big time power guy who hits for a low average, and you pair them with Luis Arias, like that can work. Actually, it's not. You know, people like to have more balanced rosters, but um, if if that's the easiest way for you to get the stats that you need, like I'll sign off on it. Well, if you look at our first base rankings up on the site, we still have him behind guys like Justin Turner, who we just mentioned, Rowdy Telez, Josh Naylor. And then you start getting into guys like CJ Crone and Ryan Mountcastle who are injured. Um, I think when those guys, if those guys come back and are fully healthy, both dealing with some different things, um, I'd probably like their upside a little bit more uh, to produce power, home runs, uh, things like that. So I might, I might risk it. Or like you said, maybe you can balance your lineup and play both of those guys. You know, have a have a CJ Crone when he comes back and a Luis Arias. Yeah. And, you know, there are guys, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, Luis Arias is just sort of a throwback player. Like, I mean, he, he just, he's like, reminds me of like Tony Gwynn and Wade Boggs, you know, like the, mm-hmm. these guys that <laughs> used to hit well over 300 every single year uh, with, with not a lot of power or speed, but um, they're, they may be more valuable in real life than they are in fantasy. But I mean, this guy never strikes out. He has a 5.2% strikeout rate. I mean, that's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And I saw, I believe he has like 
twice as many like low exit velocity hits this season than like anyone else in baseball. So like he just knows what he's doing. You know, he kind of reminds me of those guys I that I sometimes encounter in these softball leagues where they just they know how to bloop it into shallow left field every single time for a hit. Yeah. Uh, one other guy I wanted to mention on the list is uh, Spencer Torkelson. And I know we talked about him a bit last year, and he was very disappointing. But like uh, Henry Davis, a, a former first-round or you know number one overall pick, Torkelson was in 2020. Uh, so he could be a post-post type sleeper. He's starting to hit some home runs. The average is rough. You mentioned Joey Gallo. <laughs> um, Torkelson's still just batting 228, But he has eight home runs now. A uh, couple stolen bases, so not a zero there, but he's just starting to put things together a little bit. So someone I'm keeping an eye on, he's climbing my rankings a little bit, but the Tigers, you know, today they scored a lot of runs against the, Roy- the lowly Royals, but a lot of games I'm seeing the box scores and Detroit scoring like zero, one, <laughs> two runs. So, um, but Torkelson's at least picking things up. Yeah, I, I'm sort of out on him at this point. I, uh, I just, I need to see more than what he's, I mean, he's not exactly lighting the world on fire even now, so... I need to see more before I'm will, uh, ready to buy back in on him. Fair enough. Any other uh, first baseman? Uh, I'll just give a shout out to JD Davis. Like, I, I mean, he's like yeah. a guy that's pretty widely available, and he's he's back. Uh, he he was dealing with an injury last week, but he's back and just kind of been quietly productive all season at a shallow position. So he's a he's a name uh, that you should consider if you need help there. Yeah, good call. All right. Uh, let's move over to second, and uh, you mentioned Ozzy Albies uh, not stealing the bases, but he is hitting home runs and oh, scoring yeah. a lot of runs, and he's doing a lot, uh, hitting for average. Uh, I've moved him up quite a bit, but I think you've moved him up even even higher than I have. So if I'm looking at our second base rankings, obviously we have Marcus Simeon at the top and Mookie Betts, who's now like eligible at everything. I think he can pitch now. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but then we have then we have Ozzy Albies. So. It's interesting. Our second base rankings, I think, are really interesting because we've got, you know, Jonathan India has been awesome this year. Jazz Chisholm is coming back, uh, rehabbing. We've got, uh, I mean, just you go through the list of second base, and it's very interesting. I think everyone in a in a twelve team league could possibly have a pr- really good second baseman on their roster. You know? Yeah, I mean, everyone was talking about shortstop as the deep position coming into the season, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I, I mean, it certainly goes. More than twelve deep. I mean, guys like Cattell Marte, who, yeah, uh, it's been a few years since he was really an impactful fantasy player. Like he's having one of his best seasons so far. So, and the Diamondbacks are a great lineup to be in this year. So, I like him. He's moving up my rankings. Uh, as far as Albies goes, like, yeah, I mean, we we knew he was the the third best second baseman, maybe even, I mean, Mookie Betts. <laughs> it's like uh, if you know if he was even going to be a second baseman, but yeah, I mean like with Betts and Simeon, it's like those guys are kind of borderline first round picks. And then Albies Mm. is clearly next at the position, I think. Um, And, you know, he was talking in the spring about going 30, 30 or 40, 40. And uh, the fact that the steals haven't been there is a little disappointing, but like you can't be disappointed when he's hitting for the kind of power that he is. And, uh, just driving in so many runs as well. I mean, th- that Braves lineup is just completely on fire. Um, and, uh, you know, StatCast is supporting what he's doing. I mean, his bat- expected average is even a few points higher than his actual average, and his sl- expected slug is right in line with his slug. So, like, he's the real deal. We knew this already. I still, I mean, 
yeah, he's probably going to slow his home run pace a little, but he could also have a week where he steals five bases. I mean, like this is a guy who still has that ability in him. So, uh, yeah, so he's been shooting way up my rankings and I feel a little bad about it because I did just trade for him right before he went on this super hot (laughs) streak. And I I feel a little bad for, uh, my trade partner there. (laughs) Well, the trade partner got Nolan Gorman who's on our list. Right. And he's, (sighs) I mean, he, he was, you know, he was scorching hot in May. And if you look at his splits, I was just pulling them up on, on fan graphs. And, uh, yeah, June, he has two home runs, batting 107 in June. Uh, you know, he had seven home runs in May, was batting 277. He was just, you know, he was great, and he's eligible at second and third. And he's just, I mean, he even sat yesterday, which was just sort of like a get your head, it seemed like a get your head right day. So Nolan Gorman, he's still in our top 12 second baseman, but barely. You know, then you get to Luis Arias, you get to, Bryson Stott, who's been really good lately. Um, so, yeah, Gorman has fallen down. I think we had him probably as in our top five second baseman probably a month ago, and now he's just hanging in on the top 12. He's he's well outside my top 12. I, I think I've got oh, him really? more around in the 15 to 20 range now. Okay, I actually have him below Trevor Story, who <laughs> I've been Whoa. waiting for him to come back. And, uh, I, uh, you know, I think that's getting closer. We're maybe a month away now at most from Trevor story coming back. Um, so, uh, Bryson Stott. Yeah. I mean, he's just been better than, than Nolan Gorman at this point. Uh, Ezekiel Duran is another guy who like has just quietly been productive in that Texas lineup. Uh, Ryan McMahon's having a great season. Uh, we mentioned Marte, Tyra Estrada. There's just a lot of guys who are having good seasons and, um, you know, Nolan Gorman. The problem is that, um, strikeouts have always been kind of an issue for him. And, um, and, and platoon splits. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough to get consistent at-bats. I know the Cardinals are a last-place team right now, but it's still hard to get consistent at-bats in that lineup. There's a lot of competition. And, uh, you know, I think it's now at a point where uh, he is kind of a platoon player. I mean, uh, at least while he's struggling. So, um, you know, you're not going to see him uh, batting against lefties. And that, that, that hurts in those uh, weekly lineup leagues. Well, another guy to mention real quick in deep leaves, David Hamilton, if you're in need of stolen bases. So the Red yeah. Sox, he's he's second base and shortstop eligible. And so they brought him up from AAA. I don't think he played uh, against the Twins uh, in Minnesota today, but we could see David Hamilton. He had 70 stolen bases in 2022. He had 20, and that's 119 games in AA. Last year, he had 27, or this year, he's had 27 stolen bases in just 52 games. So the guy's fast. He's burning up the base path. So if you need stolen bases, he's just like a, a deep league guy who's only 3% rostered right now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I don't even see him as a deep league guy. I, I see him more as a shallow league guy because I, I think like if you need steals and you have bench spaces, like you can find yeah. replacement level value for your bench, like, but you can't find those kind of steals. I mean, it's like, it's like Estuary Ruiz or something is what David Hamilton has, has been like uh, in the minor leagues. I mean, this year he's on pace to basically get to 70 steals again. Um, so, like, I, I would bet against him getting regular playing time in Boston this season. Like, I don't, I don't think that's likely to happen. But if it did happen, he would be a must-roster player in all leagues. So, like, you know, in a deep league, I'm less interested because I need guys I know are going to play. In a shallow league, I'm shooting pure for upside, and like that's why I kind of was aggressive in my ranking of him. Okay, and I was just googling if David Hamilton, David Hamilton was related related to Billy Hamilton because they were they're both so right. fast. But the first thing that came up said that they're just spiritually related. <laughs> I guess because they're so fast. Was he in <laughs> Hamilton? 
ah, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then something else came up that he stole six bases. This is an article from 2021. Like, what? Is that for real? Six bases okay. in one game? That's, that, I, I need to do some more research, but that's sorry, a, that was just a quick Google search. That's impressive. That would be insane. <laughs> I'll bet you Ricky Henderson did that once. We should see. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Anyone else at second? Um, so you mentioned Chisholm's coming back. That's a that's a big one, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that pretty much covers it. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, counting down the days for Trevor's story. I think he's going to be an impact player in the second half. Okay. All right, let's move over to third base. And we've already talked about a couple at first, you know, who are first base eligible as well, and guys like Justin Turner, um, whoever else, Spencer Steer. But uh, we've got, you know, my guy Gunnar Henderson. Uh, he's been coming around, you know, left-handed bat. He was really struggling against lefties. Well, he's that that's improved a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's really smashing righties. Uh, been been putting the ball out of the park, stealing some bases, hitting at the top of the order. He's just he's really looking like that top prospect. He's eligible at third and short, and yeah, I, I tried to buy low on him about a month ago and uh, couldn't do it. And man, I, 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 the timing would have been just like your Albies and <laughs> Nolan Gorman one to be honest, but it didn't work out. And I don't have no I don't have Gunnar Henderson anywhere, and I'm regretting it because I'm an Orioles fan. And yeah, he's been coming around looking really good. Yeah, I mean Henderson is over the last month hitting three fifteen, six homers, three steals, um, and yeah, it's just it's it's coming together for him. You look at the season long numbers, and they're still not super pretty. I mean the strikeout rate is right around thirty percent, batting average of two thirty six, but it's all just trending in the right direction, and the talent was always there to do that. So um, this is a guy that that could be just a huge standout in the second half. Um, and uh, other third, I mean, Josh Young is the other young third baseman who's just mm-hmm. having a great, a great season. I mean, he he's just kind of been good from day one. He didn't have the uh, the lows that um, that we saw from from Henderson, but he's just you know he's not going to provide much in, in terms of stolen bases. But um, he has uh, already got 15 home runs on the season. Another guy who was a very highly regarded prospect, maybe not quite on Gunner's level, but very highly regarded. Um, and, uh, you know, when he came up last year, strikeouts were a huge problem for him. But it was at the end of the season when he was coming back from a major injury. So I didn't put too much stock in that. And his K rate is very manageable right now at 25.3%. So, uh, and again, I keep talking about that Texas lineup, but it's a great place to play. I mean, 51 runs, 44 RBIs for him already this season. So uh, he looks like he's going to be a, a, a four-category stud um, the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think, you know, Jordan Walker we have on this list. He's third base and outfield eligible, but we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. You know, we talk about, talked about his hype at the beginning of the year, and then he went, he, got, he got sent back down to the minors even though he was batting two seventy four at the time. I still remember that number. It sticks in my head. Well, he's back up. He's now batting over three hundred. He has six home runs, three stolen bases. I mean, he's, got, he's on a nice little hitting streak right now. He didn't play tonight uh, due to an illness, but he's just been hitting every single day, and now he's hitting it out of the park, and he's – He's a five-tool guy too, so like, I just love Jordan Walker, and I've got him, I've got him in a league. I, I, I actually dropped him and picked Jordan Walker back up, and uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Jordan Walker? Yeah, you know, I had to think real hard about how to rank um, Walker. I, I was pretty aggressive in my ranking of him. It looks like I've got him about fifty spots higher than you do right now. Oh yeah, um, I have him right there with Gunnar Henderson, basically back to back, and Josh Young is quite a bit ahead of the two of them right now but um, that's mostly just because Young has had the the smooth kind of consistent season but Henderson and Walker 
do have, I think, more upside than Young. So I could see a scenario where they jump him pretty easily um, just based on the fact they can offer some steals and they're just these, like, super high-end prospects. Um, You know, with Walker, I just... It, they, the Cardinals just mismanaged him basically and and made it they kind of delayed his breakout but it's happening anyway um he never really struggled in the big leagues um it was more like a Taj Bradley situation where the team just <laughs> messed with a good thing sent him down wanted him to like work on things he didn't need to work on and and then they finally said okay you know what <laughs> just come back up and be yourself and yep and once that happened he's been great again um, a name I didn't have on the list, but I wanted to mention is Manny Machado. Uh, it looks like we both have him ranked about 50th overall. And I got to say, I keep looking at his name when I'm updating my rankings and thinking, I got to lower Manny Machado. His numbers just aren't there. But then when I look at his game log, I mean, the guy's still hitting. And I mean, he's, he's been hitting some home runs. He's been getting a lot of RBIs lately. So we didn't mention this on t- our show two weeks ago, but Manny might be a little bit of a buy low. Because if you look at his numbers... They don't look great, but he's been hitting, and that that lineup, that Padres lineup, is really picking up. So Machado might be someone you can, you might still be able to buy low on because I still believe in him. Yeah, this is probably the last chance to buy low if you can. I mean, he had a yeah. couple. He homered in back to back games uh, last week, and it seemed like that was probably the end of the buy low window. And then since then, he he hasn't been terrible, but uh, hasn't had a multi hit game since uh, June fifteenth, and hasn't homered since then either. So. Uh, that's kind of maybe opened the, the buy low window a crack again. But he is a top 75 player uh, over the last two weeks. So he is uh, he is starting to turn it on. Uh, and, yeah, I think it would be a great time to try to buy low on him. Yep. Anyone else at the old hot corner? Uh, well, we talked about Justin Turner and Spencer Steer. Um, Ezekiel Duran, you know, I mentioned as well, uh, mm-hmm. another guy. J.D. Davis, there's a lot of guys with, like, multi-positional eligibility here. So yeah. I think that's kind of what you're looking at at third base. Um, beyond that, it gets uh, it gets pretty ugly uh, as you get <laughs> further down. Yep. That's all right. We'll move, we'll move over to shortstop. I'll go ahead and, you know, mention Fernando Tatis at the top here. I know he's you moved him up to your number two overall. Uh, he's my number three, but I could easily, you could easily make a case from over an injured Aaron Judge right now. And he's just doing everything, you know. He's been stealing a lot of bases lately in addition to the power, uh, hitting for high average. Just, the, you know, just looking like what you expect uh, Fernando Tatis to look like. He's still, you know, behind Ronald Acuna, uh, <laughs> but he's he's not far behind. He's catching up, you know. If, if the season started today or if you were drafting today, I think you could make a case for either guy because Tatis has been doing it all. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible. He's already got 15 homers and 12 steals uh, <laughs> after not, not – uh being there at the beginning so it's uh it's impressive what he's doing um I mean there's just I feel like this year is a, is a season where this top tier of guys are just in another stratosphere you know and it's mm-hmm. like uh Tatis is in that stratosphere with Acuna and Judge before he uh got injured was in that stratosphere as well um so those maybe Otani can even squeeze in there as well maybe. but I mean, it's uh, after that, there is a pretty significant drop to, to the uh, rest of the top 10, I would say. Yep. So Tatis is clearly our number one shortstop. Um, but if we want to dig in, you know, it, go down a little bit further, Corey Seager is someone who's been climbing our rankings. You mentioned a, a four-category guy. That's that's Corey Seager. I mean, he's, he, he's, he's hitting for a super high average. He's been hitting some home runs. Like, you, we keep mentioning that Texas lineup. And, yeah, Corey Seager is now... 
Where is he? Uh, three, four, five, six, seven. He's our eighth shortstop combined. You might have him a little higher than me. I don't know, but I mean, I, you could make a case for him over Trey Turner um, if it weren't for yeah, the stolen bases. Yeah, I have him over Trey Turner. I have him seventh. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of where, where you're looking at him now. Trey Turner, we've moved down a bit. Uh, Wander Franco has kind of cooled off a little bit lately. Like you could start making a case for Corey Seager over a Wander Franco because he hasn't really been stealing bases like he was earlier in the year. So that, that's kind of I mean the hitting the average pulls him up so much uh, that Corey Seager just is a is a standout at short. Yeah, and you know he was one of those players we talked about at the beginning of the season in terms of maybe the the, the shift ban was going to mm-hmm. really help him, and uh, I think. Um, you know, I don't have the data on specifically where players are defending them and things like that, but it certainly seems to be playing out. I mean, he's hitting 367 this season, so uh, he's he seems to be enjoying that that uh, that shift ban quite a bit with a batting average that's uh, 122 points higher than it was last season. Yep, and uh, wanted to just mention Ellie De La Cruz. We talked about him a little bit. We kind of mentioned him at the top with some of the other Reds. Uh, you know, he's he's eligible here at shortstop and. We have him as our 10th combined. You know, he's eligible at third and short, but our 10th combined shortstop. And he's just been awesome since coming up. I've actually bet on him, hit a home run on Dinger Tuesday. So we didn't record on Tuesday night, but I could have had a live celebration there (laughs) with Ellie hitting one last night. But I'll I'll mention it today. So Ellie's been not only hitting, hitting, you know, balls way out of the park at super high exit velocities, but he's been stealing bases about every other game. So that's the big one that's been great for Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been what people were hoping O'Neill Cruz was going to be uh, this yeah. season. And uh, I know Pirates fans will, will not be happy about that because those two teams are actually battling it out for the division. So it could have been a very different story if it was O'Neill Cruz uh, doing what, what Ellie De La Cruz is doing right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still worry a bit about his um, pitch selection. I mean, he's got a 32.8% strikeout rate right now. So, like... I could see his batting average uh, tumbling pretty quickly, um, yeah. but he does hit the ball extremely hard. So he's gonna be he's gonna be a high BABIP guy. He's just not gonna be a four fifty two BABIP guy like he is right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm pretty aggressive in my ranking of him right now. I have him ahead of uh, Gunnar Henderson and and Jordan Walker, who we were talking about before. Um, yeah. But I could see I could see that going in either way. I mean. Um, I would like to see him uh, cut down on the K's a little bit. Yep. I have him over those guys too. And like the steals are going to be there. If you look at baseball savant, that sprint speed, he is number one on that list. All right. Well, that's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, other shortstops. I mean, this was the position everyone talked about being the deepest position coming into the season. And I think that's mostly played out. You've had some disappointing performances like Trey Turner has been disappointing, but um you know, Francisco Lindor's got a really low batting average, but lots of home runs and steals, so he's actually been fine. Um, you know, and you you do see the depth. I mean, guys like Jeremy Pena, Nico Horner, Xander Bogarts, like they're not super exciting, but they're solid enough. Uh, they mm-hmm. won't like this is a position where you won't it won't you won't be killed if your top guy gets hurt for a, a little while. Like you'll have a decent fill in, and then there's been guys like Matt McLean who's been. Uh, you know, we keep talking about these reds and he's <laughs> yeah. been really impressive as well. Uh, Bryson Stott with the Phillies has, um, been a nice breakout and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, you can kind of go on and on with it. Yeah. Lindor, I'd mentioned a couple weeks ago as, as a buy low, I still think you could kind of buy low. Cause I, I really think that average will come up. And like you mentioned the home runs, the RBIs, 
uh, looking good. I was going to mention my Orioles a little bit here because you had talked about Jordan Westberg. You know, he's in the minors right now, but Jorge Mateo has been moving down uh, a bit. You know, he's batting ninth when he does play, and he, he's been stealing bases. Again, a guy who's really fast, but been striking out a lot, and the power hasn't been really been there like it was last year. So Mateo is someone who we might have been a little bit excited about uh, in, like, late April. He, he was looking good, but he's been falling down our rankings. I think he's out, well outside of the top 200 now, probably. Yeah, I mean, we've seen players like this before that are, you know, can give you a lot of home run and stolen base category juice, but don't have great plate discipline and aren't really good pure hitters, you know? And uh, those kind of guys, uh, it reminds me sort of of uh, VR. You know, he's that kind of a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and those kind of guys can be really valuable in short spurts, but then they can kind of fall off a cliff, <laughs> you know? And I think that's kind of what we've seen with Jorge Mateo. Yeah. Well, what do you think about Tim Anderson? I know uh, he's yeah. 72% rostered. He's been just falling way down our rankings right now. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. He's not on the IL as of this recording, but still zero home runs and 209 at bats this year. And I just think, yeah, he's got eight stolen bases and he is Tim Anderson. Like he could hit 300. He's batting 250 right now, but I just don't know. Like, I think I'd probably drop him with all these guys that we've just kind of mentioned, just talking about him. I mean, like there's guys on down the list that I would just, <laughs> tons of guys I would I would take over over Tim Anderson. So I think you could probably drop him in a 10 and 12 team league even. Yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably right. I mean, this is a guy who is uh, actually, believe it or not, he is turning 30 years old in two days. Oh, uh, happy early so, birthday. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's not young, and uh, he's had a lot of injuries in recent years, and it seems like those have just kind of caught up to him because, um, you know, he was never a huge power guy, but he used to be a consistent source of 15 to 20 home runs, which would work just fine because he was also um, going to hit 300 and steal bases, you know? And yeah. uh, now – zero home runs I mean like and last year he only hit six in 79 games so uh you know this is basically the power has just completely evaporated and that puts a lot of pressure heat on him to hit for a really high average to uh justify it you know like I feel like he's kind of like a Stephen Kwan kind of a player at this point um which is just a lot less elite than um what he what he was in the past so yeah I think uh I think he's a borderline player in those 10 and 12 team leagues. And uh, and the White Sox have just been a, a frustrating team now for several years in a row in terms of not getting the kind of production that you're hoping for from their hitters. Yeah, I was just looking at our list of some other names, and I'm like, maybe I should I should move Orlando Arcia up a little bit more because like, I would probably rather have him than Tim Anderson. I mean, at least he has six home runs. He's also, oh, by the way, batting 341. I mean, he there's a reason why Vaughn Grisham is still, you know, down in the minor leagues. I mean, some of, some of it's because of RCS defense, um, but man, he's just been hitting. He's eligible at second short and outfield. Uh, he's batting toward the bottom of that lineup, but yeah, so is Michael Harris and he's coming around. We'll talk about him in a second, but <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Right. That that's another, that's another lineup that you want to be in, right? Is it, is Atlanta? Yeah. I moved RC away up in, in my rankings this week. Um, so yeah, it sounds like you'll probably follow suit next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it, he's not like a world beater or anything, but he's definitely hot right now. He's very hot. And, uh, when you get to this stage of the rankings, uh, you're, tr- you're, you're looking for the hot hand. It's, you know, people talk about streaming pitchers. Like sometimes you want to stream hot bats too. It's the same idea. Yep. Well, any other shortstops or do you want to just get right into Michael Harris? I know you're dying to let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> yeah, he's awesome, right? I, <laughs> I mean, I you know, I I I I must admit, and I, I have him in my keeper league, and um, he seemed like the logical player to try to trade to get some win now pieces, and I considered it for a while, but I people never came really close to offering me something that I that I would consider trading Michael Harris for because even it when he was in his biggest depths I I knew he had had these injuries early in the season two different mm-hmm. little nagging injuries that I think um had affected him and he just hadn't had a chance to get in a groove yet but last year he was in a groove from the moment he was called up and he was in a groove in the minors too I mean last year he basically was on a, a heater the entire season and uh that's not a fluke to like to, to, to maintain that for an entire season at 20 years old, like this is a like supremely talented player. So I was just waiting for it to click back in for him. Uh, I, I knew it would. I didn't know it would to this extent. Like he's basically on the kind of hot streak that can make up for two bad months in a week. You know, like that's oh, yeah. how good he's been. Yeah, he's on a eight game, little eight-game hitting streak right now with three home runs and two stolen bases, a couple of, well, three multi-hit games. He went five for five the other night at home against the Rockies. Yeah, he's he's on fire. And, yeah, like I said, he's batting ninth, but, you know, he batted ninth a lot last year too. It doesn't really matter. And he's the type of guy who could bat leadoff. You know, he's heating up. Like I could see them kind of shaking things up, and maybe he does move to the top of the order, which would make him just even more valuable. Yeah, yeah. And uh, honestly, even if he stays at ninth, like – yeah, and this lineup, like it's better to hit ninth than it is to hit leadoff in a lot of other <laughs> lineups. So, <laughs> I mean, he's still getting he's still getting to the plate four or five times uh, more often than not. So that's that's how productive this offense is, and he's hitting four sixty over the last two weeks. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of tells you all you need to know. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I got to mention my guy Corbin Carroll here. I drafted him in a league somewhere in the middle rounds. And we were talking before the show how this these are the league winner type guys. You know, we have him in our top 10 now overall, our number three outfielder. He's just been doing everything for my Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, <laughs> who I touted a lot before the season started. But it's not like I honed in on Corbin Carroll or anything. I mean, I liked a lot of these guys, but he's been he's been awesome. You know, stealing bases, uh, just, just to add on top. I don't, I don't know who's leading the league in stolen bases. It must be Estuary Ruiz, but Corbin Carroll – Probably isn't far behind up there uh, near that list. He's been, he and Jake McCarthy both have been have been really good. And you know, this is someone who, I mean, looking at next year's drafts, like Corbin Carroll's going to be a no brainer first round pick. I feel like he's going to we're going to be talking about him in like the top half, right, of the of the first round. Yeah, it's basically exactly what we were saying about Julio Rodriguez coming into this season. We'll be saying yeah. about Corbin Carroll coming into next season. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other movers, I mean, Cedric Mullins is on, uh, almost back, so I had to yeah. get him back into my top 40 because I think that's where he belongs uh, when he's healthy. Absolutely. Uh, just a dynamic player for your Orioles. I know you you have, you have your AL team and your NL team now. <laughs> I know. I need to get, I need to <laughs> get myself They're a separated by 2,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get myself a Diamondbacks hat. There you go. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll mention, we didn't mention Jordan Alvarez. He's moved down our list a little bit, uh, I think, after we recorded you know, he was dealing with a little bit of an injury, and he's—I haven't seen uh, anything on. I think he was taking some batting practice this week, so hopefully he's hopefully he's back soon. But I think you know. it's still going to be at least a, uh, two or three more weeks, I, I believe. Well, if it's two or three more weeks, then you're talking after the All Star break, because I mean July yeah. is right around the corner. So 
Yep. Yeah, that's when you get to the All Star break with some of these injuries, you, you kind of just start looking at uh, post All Star break, which I think is like I don't know July tenth or eleventh somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Another guy that's been moving down for me is Josh Lowe, mm-hmm. uh, who was you know an amazing story early in the season, but uh, he's just kind of struggling <laughs> over the last month. He's hitting two thirteen with no home runs, five RBI or seven RBIs, five runs. Uh, he does have nine steals over that time, so that's kind of been like a little bit of a saving grace. But he's basically been in a big slump, and he's starting to lose some playing time. Uh, he he seems to be becoming more of a platoon bat, and that's always a, a risk with the the Rays because the Rays are going to ray. Yeah, they have no problem doing that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was going to mention the steals. Like I've actually been betting on him uh, stolen bases a lot because it's in the. Two, plus 250 to plus 300 range and man whenever he gets to bat like first or second ahead of Wander Franco it's it's almost like a given because Wander has no problems taking pitches and hitting with two strikes but lately Josh Lowe like you said he's not even playing every day he's been batting sixth so yeah it's he's trending in the wrong direction for sure yep a guy that's trending in the right direction uh who we uh we both got to see in person on Saturday is Jorge Soler yeah and it just looks it just seems like Jorge Soler is is having uh, a repeat of his massive season. Uh, what was it, 2019, when he had 48 home runs and 117 RBIs? Yeah, I mean that that's the kind of pace that he's on right now. I mean he's hitting uh, 256, 21 homers, 45 RBIs right now. So maybe not quite the 117 RBI <laughs> pace, but not too far off, really. Yeah. Um, I, he's got a real shot at 40 home runs. I believe you mentioned you, you bet on him to as a uh, kind of dark horse to lead the uh, league in home runs. I did, and I, I placed that bet like a couple weeks ago. So like sometimes BetMGM will throw these futures odds in the middle of the season, which most of them you have to bet before the season. But every now and then they'll pop up mid-season, and I think I got him at 15-1 to 1 or 16-1. to 1, And it was right around when Judge and Pete Alonzo were both injured, and I thought, well... If these guys are out for a little bit, then maybe Soler or someone can catch up. Of course, Kyle Schwarber's doing his thing in June, and he he also could do it. Otani's up there, so who knows? But I, I did like that, like some odds that were a little bit longer. So yeah, I jumped on it, sprinkled a little bit on Soler. Why not? Yeah, I mean, and you know, you wouldn't think of a Marlin as being where the uh, where it would come from, but it's it's kind of the odd couple with Luis Arias and Jorge Soler. But they're they're the uh, they're the two um, guys getting it done for the Marlins right now. Yeah, um, I, I, he's down the list in our note here, but uh, Eddie Rosario, should have mentioned him while we were talking about my, Michael Harris. I don't know that mm. anyone's been hotter than Eddie Rosario the last week or two. Um, of course, you know, let's see, how many home runs does he have? Two, four, he has five home runs this week. <laughs> um, he's not playing every day either, um, but for the most part he is. I mean, sometimes he's getting platooned against left-handed bats, I guess, but at some point you just got to put him in your lineup and yeah, I know you liked him and, and Ozuna before the season started, so it's finally coming around. You're you're right on Rosario. It just took a couple months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I mean, he's another one of these guys, and and actually Ozuna had a had a hot streak in there for a while too. So he did. They both have 13 home runs on the season now, which isn't too shabby. I mean, they could they could both easily get to 30 home runs uh, if they uh, if they kind of just play pretty much what they're doing now. If a little, maybe a little pickup, but. Um, they're both the kind of players that can just, you know, make up for lost time in a hurry, I guess. Streaky kind of players um, <clears throat> in a really potent offense. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I was way above consensus on both of those guys. I think they were the two players I was the most above consensus on because they were so 
lowly ranked by most people. I was like hundreds of spots <laughs> ahead of the consensus <laughs> yeah. on them. So I, yeah, I'm certainly enjoying uh, this this Braves outfield renaissance all around. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, let me mention a couple Yankees real quick. Uh, Harrison Bader is is off the IL. He's someone that I liked a lot. I've I've moved him back up. He's gone up and down just because he's been on the IL, but. He has the tools, and in small stints, he's he's looked really good. So if the guy can just stay healthy, like at Yankee Stadium, he could put up some numbers. He could steal some bases. And also, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, I'm just going to mention him as well. Like, he went 0 for 7 the other night. Like, he didn't even play tonight. He went 0 for 4 last night. I mean, I'm just looking at his game log. I mean, if you can get him to hit a home run, try to sell him the name. But, like, at this point, I don't know that you even can. I mean, he's batting under 200. He's down to 80, 84% rostered. And I just think that's just going to keep going down. Like, if I'm in a 10-team league, I'm probably just dropping Giancarlo Stanton, to be honest. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see him land on the waiver wire in my league. Um, that's just kind of how it goes with Stanton. I feel like he's the kind of player that has uh, these peaks and valleys, you know. And uh, he's 33, so maybe the valleys are going to start to outweigh the peaks at this point of his career. And, you know, you know... You really need him to produce when he's healthy because you know the next yeah. injury is always right around the corner. Absolutely. Um, and I, I hope it's not for Bader. Like I said, like if he can just stay healthy uh, for, gosh, like a couple months, I think he can be really valuable for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, Bader's had a lot of stretches like that where he's he's had the value and then he gets hurt or gets yeah. in a slump. You know, I don't know if I feel that strong, that confident that he's going to be like a plug-and-play rest-of-season kind of guy, but he's definitely – a guy that has a has proven in the past he can be very valuable um for spurts so uh i would uh, you know and and give you that across the board sort of five category production so yeah i would absolutely uh be happy to have him in my lineup right now um another guy that's kind of putting up beta-esque numbers uh maybe even better than beta-esque numbers is uh nolan jones of the yeah. rockies um he's hitting 354 uh, with five homers and five steals in 24 games uh, with Colorado. So that's like insane production. Um, he is striking out 31.9% of the time. Uh, and that was an issue when he got his first cup of coffee with the Guardians last season as well. Had a 33% strikeout rate. So that's kind of the concern. But he definitely has the category juice. I mean, he hit 12 homers and stole five bases. Uh, in AAA before he got called up and was hitting over 350 there also. So you combine that with what he's done with Colorado, that's 17 homers, 10 steals, and a 355 batting average in uh, in uh, 63 games. I mean, that's pretty amazing. So um, even with that strikeout right, he's a guy that I definitely uh, would be riding the hot hand with at the very least right now. Yeah, and I'm looking at our rankings. You've, you've almost got him inside your top 100 overall, so he's moved way up. He's 158 for me, so he's he's in the. I'm looking at the other outfielders near him: Cody Bellinger, Estuary Ruiz, who we mentioned, Lane Thomas, uh, Jared Kelnick, who we talked about a couple weeks ago. As you know, we kind of disagreed: uh, buy low, sell high. He also has a really high strikeout rate. Where do you stand on that now? Do you still think he's a, be- a, a buy low? I mean, I guess he's a buy lower for me. Yeah, I mean, like okay. I, I even mentioned then that it was like, look, the, the manager who has him is is going to be ready to cut him, if not now, in a week or two. And I just think he's not someone I'd be willing to drop in like a twelve team league, uh, not yet. And yeah, uh, but Nolan Jones, I mean, that's maybe I'd rather have Nolan Jones right now. I mean, he's batting three fifty four and all those stats, like you just said, and he plays for Colorado, and 
you know, one of the things with Colorado I worry about is like them just not mismanaging their young guys. But in a year where you're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball, uh, what, why would they send him back down? You know, like, so I, I see him staying up. They're moving him around the order. I think Nolan Jones is here to stay and Chris Bryant can't get healthy and all these things. So I think Nolan Jones is, I think he's here to stay. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, to be fair, like I think he and Kelmeck are probably, you know, in the same range, broadly mm-hmm. speaking, but one of them's really struggling right now. And the other one is on fire right now. So like, yep. to me, that makes the choice easy, um, you know, for right now, but in terms of like overall profile, obviously Kelnick was the more elite prospect, but Nolan Jones was not a non-prospect, you know, he had, he had a prospect pedigree as well. And like you said, that favorable home environment uh, also adds to his upside. So he's, he's definitely a, an exciting name right now. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to Jake Fraley too. I mean, this is a guy that I feel like is flying under the radar a little bit. I mean, he is, uh, he, he has huge platoon splits. So like he's better in the daily lineup leagues. Um, but like that makes him really, really good in those daily lineup leagues because mm-hmm. he's a lefty. So, you know, most of the pitchers he's facing, of course, are right-handed and he's hitting 299 with eight homers and 11 steals, uh, in 157 at bats against right-handed pitching. Um, and he, you know, that's been throughout his career. He's been good against, against righties. Um, I'm, I'm pulling up his career splits here. Uh, 27 homers and 22 steals and 524 at bats with a 263 average against righties for his career. And it's been trending up. He's often hitting leadoff for that really powerful, uh, Cincinnati lineup tonight. He, he hit fifth, but hit a home run. Um, it's just a ton of category juice for him and a lot of run uh, run production opportunities in that lineup as well. So uh, he's a guy that I think should be a lot more rostered than the 41% he is right now in Yahoo. Nice. Well, another another guy I want to mention real quick because we were talking about him before the show. You said I was a little bit too down on Tommy Pham, and you might be right. I mean, I might move him up a little more. He's, he's a guy who's playing every day now. Yeah, he's definitely under the radar because he's only 9% rostered. And, you know, he's a veteran, like not super exciting. But, I mean, he's been stealing bases. He stole two uh, against Houston today, and he's been hitting. I mean, he's on a nice little eight-game hit streak, been scoring runs. Talk about the run production. I mean, he's he's been batting fourth and fifth. Now, Pete Alonso's back, so he'll probably be batting fifth or sixth or whatever. But, yeah, he's been playing every day. He's not really platooning right now. So, maybe even in points leagues a little bit better. Uh, but Tommy Pham, yeah, batting two fifty nine and a threat with power and speed. Yep, he's a guy that I've always he's you know I mentioned Justin Turner is a player I've always liked in fantasy. Uh, Tommy Pham's another one, like yeah. always been a, a super impactful player in roto categories leagues. Um, and you know this season it was a very crowded uh, Mets roster to begin the year, but there's been some attrition there, and he's been good, and now he's uh, a regular player, and you know he's on the older side, but when he's feeling healthy and uh spry like he can put up really uh nice numbers so uh he's a he's a plug and play option right now in in my opinion um and then i, I want to go back to another rookie luis matos of the giants is another mm-hmm. guy that uh, i'm pretty interested in uh this guy has like amazing bat speed and good really good plate discipline um so far this season since he got called up he's got six walks and only one strikeout uh, in 25 plate appearances and uh, not coincidentally he's already scored nine runs which is what's going to happen when you have that kind of plate discipline 
Um, he's got speed and power. Um, you know, last uh, this year already in, in the minors, he hit 10 homers and stole 15 bases uh, in 55 games. Uh, so uh, I look at a guy that can give you across-the-board production. I mean, his strikeout rate has been under 10% at all three levels he's played at this season uh, so far. So um, this is a guy that looks like he could, uh, you know, he's a rookie, so we'll have to see how he progresses. But he, he has the looks to me of a guy that could be a true 300 hitter with decent power and speed. Yeah, a rookie, but seems wise beyond his years <laughs> with the exactly. plate discipline. Um, yeah. I'll mention Alec Thomas, too, real quick. 2% rostered. You know, Jake McCarthy went down to the minors and came back up and has been looking better. Well, so far, it's a three-game sample, but the same thing as seems to be going on with Alec Thomas. He's got a nice uh, little power-speed combo, too. And I don't know, maybe the D-backs have something going on down there, sending guys down and getting things fixed. Um, but in deeper leagues, again, 2% rostered. So we'll we'll see if Alec Thomas sticks. But I know that was a name, too, that – uh, you liked uh, before the season. It was just kind of a matter of the playing time with these Diamondbacks. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's put up great numbers across the minor leagues, um, but kind of struggled to uh, translate it to the to the, the majors. But um, he's going to get another opportunity now to do that. So, uh, you know, Josh Rojas was sent down. Uh, so there's some moving parts there, and he should he should get an opportunity now to uh, to make an impact for that for your Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any other outfielders or you want to get into some pitching? Well, I'll just say real quick, I mean, outfield has been a tricky position, but it, right now it seems like it's kind of flush with options. I mean, yeah. uh, Hunter Renfro is back now, so he's the name you can look at. Cody Bellinger is back. Um, you mentioned Jake McCarthy. Taylor Ward has started to hit again, uh, and he, of course, was very good last season, and he's been hitting a leadoff a lot for the Angels. Uh, Leody Tavares uh, for the Rangers has been good. Um, so really right now we're looking at a lot of options. Joey, Even Joey Weimer has shown some signs. Uh, I liked him based on his minor league track record. Um, so, yeah, I mean, right now uh, is a good opportunity. If you if you have a hole in the outfield, J- Jock Peterson is a guy that's widely available and has been hitting really well too. So uh, there's no matter the size of your league, you can probably find somebody right now that's uh, worth adding in the outfield. Yeah, talk about flying under the radar. I'm looking at the rankings, too. I, I've, I've been moving Austin Hayes up. I, I always like to talk about my Orioles. But, man, the guy is leading the American League in average right now at 323. Like, better than Bo Bichette. I mean, definitely flying under the radar. I don't think anyone's really paying attention there. But uh, but I am. I know some people are. <laughs> I am. I moved him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. And I've actually always kind of liked Austin Hayes. Like, I mean, he, he uh, had good numbers in the past, too, that kind of flew under the radar. So yeah that's this isn't his first rodeo great defensive player too you don't get stats in fantasy but just just a good all-around player cool all right let's move on to the pitchers yeah let's do it um who do you want to talk about first i know the names at the top here are names we've talked about quite a bit (laughs) lance lynn and blake snell um (laughs) and i know you're not a big fan of blake snell uh you know he walks a lot of guys you don't even though guys who's you know strike got a lot of guys out um, when, when you have the walks, uh, it's not ideal, but Blake Snell has been really good lately and you know, he's done this before. I know, I think last year it was, is it last? Yeah, I think it was last yeah, year. Yeah, it was last year. You traded for him like in a league and then he like down the stretch had a couple great months and I don't know, maybe he's just turning it on now because his last four or five starts have been just stellar and double digit K's in each of his last. So we'll see what he does tomorrow night against San Francisco if he keeps it going, but he's looking like good Blake Snell right now. Yeah, I mean, I think my my position on him is a little more nuanced than that. I don't like him. I I just think he's um, he's the ultimate 
kind of boomer boss player. But the nice thing about it is that it, it does tend to uh, go in, in extended streaks. So it's yeah. not like, you know, one start to another, you have no idea what he, you're going to get from him. It's like he'll have four or five horrendous starts in a row, and then he'll <laughs> have like four or five excellent starts in a row, uh, or maybe even more. I mean, those streaks can last months, like you said. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if he's a top 10 starting pitcher the rest of the season. Like he has that kind of upside. It also wouldn't shock me if he just, you know, starts walking like a batter per inning and uh, becomes unplayable (laughs) again. Like those are both things that are possible uh, with Blake Snell. But, um, you know, that's in those 10 and 12 team leagues, you're shooting for the upside, you know, and like he has that true upside. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I like he he moved way up my rankings this week, um, much more so than Lance Lynn, who I am still quite skeptical about um, at this point. Even though he did just strike out sixteen batters uh, in his last outing, he's just been um, way way too hittable this season, uh, and I don't really see any sign that that's going to change. I mean, he's strikeouts have not been the issue for Lance Lynn. He's been getting plenty of strikeouts all season. The problem is that. When he doesn't strike guys out, they're crushing him all over yeah. the ballpark. And uh, even in that last start, that didn't really change. So, um, I, I, you know, I'm he's on the waiver wire in my league, and uh, I mean, I'm the one that dropped him, but nobody else has picked <laughs> him up. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna need to see more than one 16 strikeout game to uh, have confidence in ever putting Lance Lynn into my lineup again. Yep, I'm with you. I moved Snell way up, like around top 100 almost um but lance lynn i'm not ready to do it either uh say i'm I'm with you on all those points um wanted to mention a couple yankees did that with the outfielders gonna do it again here with pitchers carlos rodon if you've been waiting on him all year i mean there's not he's 92 percent rostered so you you have been uh he's he's making some rehab starts so he's he's getting back in there he's throwing the baseball so he's making progress that's great to see he's he's dealt with multiple injuries so let's hope carlos rodon is back healthy because when he's spinning it, uh, he's he can look like an ace. So he can yeah, really he's help. He's another your team. guy that could be a top ten starting yeah. pitcher uh, over the second half of the season. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned uh, dropping Lance Lynn. I actually dropped Luis Severino. So did uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in a ten team league uh, in one league, and I just I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't want to wait around too long. Like, he's just his last four starts have been terrible, and he plays Texas in his next start. So you were probably looking at the same thing I was. And I'm just like, well, I'm not going to start him next week. Like he's just going to rot on my bench for two more weeks. So this is where you just have to like just turn guys over, uh, pick other guys up, see what happens. But I, I wasn't going to wait around too much longer. He's 78% rostered, and I think that's going to go down a bit more here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's had the same problem really that Lance Lynn has had, which is just getting crushed. I mean, like you know, too many pitches over the middle of the plate, just getting getting hammered. Um, and uh, he's also just, you know, the walk rate is, is high. The strikeout rate is low. Uh, everything just doesn't look very good right now. And, um, you know, he's only thrown uh, less than 150 innings uh, since 2018. So, like, there's not a ton of track record uh, in recent years to fall back on. I mean, he was solid last season in 102 innings. But um, for the most part, uh, we just haven't seen um, – the vintage Luis Severino uh, that he was prior uh, to the injury. So um, it's just, it it makes me have less of a, uh, 
patience with with him when he's struggling. I just I I, uh, I feel like I was I wanted to go elsewhere, like a guy like Jordan Montgomery, who I just kind of feel safe knowing what I'm going to get from him start after start. Yeah, well, I added Gavin Williams, uh, who I'm, I'm just going to jump around here, but I added Gavin Williams, who you know made a start today, his first his major league debut. Uh, didn't look great, but you know guys don't necessarily look great right away. Uh, so I, I added him. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Gavin Williams versus the other Guardians pitchers. I mean, you know, I, I think this he he could stick with Tristan McKenzie. You know, hitting the IL for an extended period. I mean, we may not see Tristan McKenzie again this year, depending on how severe it is. So. Uh, they brought up Gavin Williams, and maybe maybe he'll stick around. What do you think? Yeah, he absolutely could. I mean, the the Guardians, you know, their their pitching staff has been kind of in flux all season, really. Um, and they have a lot of guys who uh, are not um, who are in, solid innings eaters, but not spectacular talents. And they, you know, they've already moved on from Zach Plesac, um, but they, you know, they've got guys like Savale. But yeah. um, but really, I mean. Uh, Gavin Williams is he's he's the most talented, the highest regarded prospect of their three rookies they've called up this year. Um, you know, I think Tanner Bybee would be next, and then Logan Allen. They're all well regarded prospects, but um, he's he's the one that like you know people compare him to like Yuri Perez in terms of like the upside he could potentially have. Um, it's it's a it's a wide range of possibilities because he could get sent down next week, or he could be great uh, for the rest of the season. You know, <laughs> like he's a huge strikeout guy. Uh, the walk rate has been a little concerning at AAA this season, um, and so that's kind of one thing to keep an eye on, I think. But um, just nasty stuff. I mean, like tons of upside. Yeah, and you mentioned Yuri Perez. He's another guy on our list here who's moving up, and I've I've moved him not quite in my top 100 it looks like you have so combined he's in our top 100 and that's the only thing I worry about with Perez I mean he's looked amazing but the guy's only 20 years old and I'm just looking at Trevor Rogers potentially coming back I mean it's hopefully Yuri Perez sticks around um, but we you know we saw Braxton Garrett pitch uh, on Saturday he looks good I know you I know that was one of the bets you did win was Braxton Garrett over on strikeouts <laughs> You're right. he's, been, he's been mowing guys down uh, so like I don't know I, I unless I mean Alcantara has been terrible but it's like they're not doing anything with him or Luzardo so I do worry that Yuri Perez could get moved down uh, when Trevor Rogers comes back but I hope the Marlins don't do that because they're you know they're in contention and Yuri Perez has been awesome yeah I mean I don't think I don't think that that's the issue like I, I don't think it's any other player that's going to force him out of the rotation I just think they they probably have an innings limit in mind for him I mean yeah like you know last year he threw 77 innings uh in 2021 he threw 78 innings <laughs> right now he's at 72 innings so uh, -oh. <laughs> uh he's he's going into uncharted territory and he's gonna blow past that but like i i think they're gonna they're gonna shut him down at some point the question is just do they shut him down um in the middle of the season um you know and have him like pitch in relief or something like that for a while or do they just shut him down at the end of the season you know um maybe he finishes his season in mid-August or something like that. I mean, all of that's definitely possible. I just, in the meantime, like, he's just been so dominant. I mean, he has a 154 ERA right now. Um, so I, maybe I'm a little aggressive. I mean, the peripherals are definitely 
not as good as that. I mean, there, you know, he's been pretty fortunate uh, with a 232 BABIP and a 93.2% strand rate. So, um, and, and not giving up many home runs either. So there's some things that are probably going to correct anyway, but um, I just think this guy's the real deal. And uh, I guess my ranking just sort of reflects that. Okay. Well, I mean, we can, we can maybe do some quick hits on some other young guys. I know uh, Brian Wu is on our list here. He's only 12% rostered still, which is a little surprising because, yeah, he had a rough first outing, only made it through two innings. Um, but then his last couple starts have looked good. As, you know, he's striking out a lot of guys. His K rate is double digits, nine strikeouts and five and two-thirds against the White Sox. I do worry about a little bit about the, you know, him going to Yankee Stadium and that being a little bit too big of a moment for him uh, on Thursday here coming up. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but... So I would potentially, <laughs> I might, I might sit Brian Wu in Yankee Stadium. I don't know. Even though that that lineup without Judge is not as threatening, you know, you got guys like Giancarlo Stanton who can't hit. Um, so yeah, but Brian Wu is, is a is a name where I'm really surprised that he's not more rostered than 12. percent What do you think? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the strikeout rate is awesome, um, but you know, he only went. You you mentioned that first start was terrible. Yeah. In the second start, he only went four and two thirds. <laughs> so yeah. he didn't go deep into the game. And then in the third start, he went five and two thirds. Uh, so, like, he, he seems, and he's still got a 730 ERA and a 130 whip so far. So, like, I kind of get why people aren't rushing out to add him yet. They might need to see a, a one or two more uh, good outings. Um, but the upside's definitely there because of the K rate. Um, I just, I, this is one of those ones where I feel like, he could be really good or he could be really bad, <laughs> you know, like um, I kind of get some like Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green kind of vibes here. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we don't have a whole lot of sample size. If you look at his like what he's done in the minors, I mean, this guy's just 23 years old. He's he's thrown like 100 innings. So we don't have a, even a whole lot of sample size to go off in the minors. But that the K rate is there and it's so far it's translating, which is nice to see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I wouldn't fear that Yankee lineup like you said i mean i don't think yeah. that's they're, they're they're kind of a below average offense recently um but i just don't know how much i trust woo that's the bigger issue for me i yep. i, I kind of i feel like i need to see it once or twice more before i'm ready to fully believe gotcha well the other another rookie on here emmett sheehan who with the with the dodgers he's 33 percent rostered so you know you play for the dodgers you're going to get a little bit more looks um I wasn't seeing where he was actually scheduled to start again, but it looks like he is now. He's scheduled to start on, it looks like, Friday against the Astros. So he is getting another start. Um, so a week apart, these starts. So we'll see how much he's actually pitching. I do worry about the Dodgers sending him back down, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, Noah Syndergaard, terrible. <laughs> um, they, they've, they've got some some place. Maybe maybe they have a place for him to stick around. Um, what do you think, think about so. Sheehan? I think so. I mean, if you look at roster resource, right? I was looking at earlier today. I mean... They, they, they have trouble cobbling together four starters right now, let alone five. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely there's definitely room for him uh, in the short term, at least. I mean, this is a team that famously is always shuffling through starters. But right now, Roster Resource has their rotation as Clayton Kershaw, Sheehan, Bobby Miller, and Tony Gonsolin with no fifth starter. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got... They, they've got a who's who on the uh, on the IL. I mean, they've got Walker Bueller, Dustin May, Ryan Pepio, Julio Urias, Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a rotation of injured starters right there. Uh, yeah. 
you know, I do think Julio Urias should be back relatively soon because that was not an arm injury. It was a hamstring. So I guess that that might be the point where um, where we see what happens. But the other guys are all dealing with, uh, I mean, Pepio is an oblique, so maybe maybe he uh, makes it back. But um, Bueller and Dustin May, uh, it's really hard to know. And then Syndergaard's just, I don't know if they want him. They might just, you know, designate him for assignment when he's, uh, over his blister issue. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But as far as Shaheen, the pitcher, I mean, good K rates in the minors. Um, another guy that just doesn't have a lot of professional innings. I mean, we're talking 120 mm-hmm. professional innings um, in the minors, and uh, most of it at low levels. I mean, he's had 53 and a third innings uh, at double A this season um, and was really good there. But uh, walks have been a, a bit of a concern for him in the past. and um, But it's the Dodgers, you know. So, like, <laughs> we've seen so many young pitchers come up with the Dodgers and, and be valuable. So, it's, it's certainly a player that I would be keeping an eye on. Well, I was going to ask you, we got we have some other young guys in this mix. Andrew Abbott uh, through today. He actually had 10 strikeouts against the Rockies, which was good to see because so far that K rate in the minors from Andrew Abbott wasn't really translating over. So, that was nice to see. He's much more rostered uh, because he's, you know, now has four starts under his belt, whereas these guys don't. He's 67% rostered. How would you prioritize, let's say, Gavin Williams, Shaheen, uh, Sheehan, and then let's say maybe Andrew Abbott, those three? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I think Sheehan has to be last of the three. Um, but of the other two, it's it's pretty tight. I mean, I just think based on Abbott, like he's been so good <laughs> so yeah. far. Like I think he has to be number one um, because – uh, Williams, we just we we it's a total wild card. We haven't seen him pitch a, an inning in the majors yet, whereas we've seen four starts from Andrew Abbott, and they've all been good. So, uh, so yeah, I think I would go Abbott and then uh, and then Williams and then Sheehan. What about you? Yeah, I think I I would probably consider. Well, I, I, don't, I don't actually I don't know if Abbott was available when I was picking up Gavin Williams in my ten team. So. If he was, then I guess there's my answer. But I think I, I like the the upside maybe of Gavin Williams. But I think you're right. Like um, depending on league size, Andrew Abbott, like he's actually shown it. And the fact, even though it's the lowly Rockies, <laughs> uh, the fact that he did get 10 Ks today uh, sure is nice. So yeah, I think I could go either way on Williams and Abbott. But then Sheehan is is definitely after those two. Yeah, I mean I would like Abbott more if he pitched for a team other than Cincinnati because that, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like. It, it's almost become like pitching for Colorado to pitch for Cincinnati at this point. Like the, that ballpark is just such a, such a detriment to pitchers. But, uh, but two of his four starts have been at home and he's still been really good. Yeah. And the the other guy we could throw in the mix. In fact, why don't we just talk about some of the Red Sox guys at this point, because Chris sale now injured and you know, Tanner Houck hasn't really stuck too well. I think there's, there's a chance. Got a fractured cheekbone or something too well, how right? long yeah how long is he going to be out because i saw he had some surgery to like put a plate I, I in there i think he's going to be out for a while yeah. yeah so you got these guys you've got uh brian bayo um and you've got uh garrett whitlock who i actually just picked up and he pitched today not not great but okay and then james paxton the veteran who is turning back the clock um i guess of those three you know bayo whitlock paxton i mean you, we could throw cutter crawford in the mix but i think he would probably be last of that group what about those other three? Uh, how would you rank those three Red Sox starters? Oof, 
That's really tough. <laughs> uh, well, I'll have to look at the website to answer that question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've always liked Garrett Whitlock. I just, you know, he hasn't, he doesn't have a super long track record as a starting pitcher. I mean, he's only made 16 starts in his career. Like, uh, he was really good as a reliever in key situations for the Red Sox over the last couple seasons. But um, as a starter, you know, I don't know. I Like, I think he'll be okay, but... Um, I, I don't see a ton of upside there necessarily. I mean, maybe Paxton actually um, is the best bet. I mean, because he's just – you don't know how long he's going to stay healthy, but, like, he's looking really good this season, and he's throwing his trademark heat that you look for, you know. So, like, um, it's easy to discount him. He's 34 years old and hasn't been good in a long time, but, like, Right now, he's got an 11.97K per nine and a 2.58 walk per nine. I mean, those are great numbers. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that kind of jumps out to me. And then uh, Bayo, you know, it, he's been coming on lately. Um, he he kind of struggled out of the gate a little bit. Um, and I'm just pulling up his, his Fangraphs page right now to kind of get a sense of what, what we can th- expect. But um, I think yes. I would probably go... Paxton, Bayo, and then Whitlock, but they're all very close. Well, that is the correct answer because that is what the website says. I, I was just looking to see how we had it ranked. Um, <laughs> so that we have it ranked exactly like that. And you're right. I mean, Bayo is coming on lately. He's got three quality starts in a row. And yeah, he's just, he's looking really good. So maybe you can't go wrong here. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree that Paxton right now uh, is the safest pick and that fastball is looking great. Yep, absolutely. Uh, So who else we got to talk about in terms of starting pitchers? I mean, the list goes on and on. Braxton Garrett, uh, you mentioned briefly before. He's been really good lately. I feel like pretty confident in rolling him out right now. Uh, Taiwan Walker, Ranger Suarez, Griffin Canning. These guys all have been really good lately. I just, I don't fully trust it. I mean, Suarez, the problem is um, he tends to not be helpful in the whip category. So, like, he's a good ERA guy, uh, but not so much whip. Um, and, uh, yeah, canning, I, I like, uh, I like what he's doing, but his next start, I believe is, uh, I could be wrong, but I think it might be at Colorado. It's something Mm. bad. Um, (laughs) let's see his next start is at Colorado. Yeah. So like, I'm not going to use him at Colorado. Uh, I feel like these guys are all kind of, uh, matchup plays. Like they're streaming guys in a 10 or 12 team league, not, not guys that you need to, uh, hoard on your roster all season necessarily yeah i mean i think of that bunch ranger suarez actually he's 37 percent rostered he's the one i'm most interested in right now just because like his last five starts have been great uh, his last three starts he has at least seven strikeouts you know he's going six seven innings that includes games against atlanta arizona the dodgers like he's not playing cupcakes here and like he's been he's been doing really well and his whip has been one or under in his last three starts so He's just been he's just been playing really well, and so he's probably the one I would like stream for now. But yeah, he's not like a set it and forget it. I don't expect Ranger Suarez to be spinning these gems. Uh, yeah, know, I mean Canning also over the last thirty days has a two seventy ERA, zero point nine three WHIP, thirty Ks in thirty innings. So nice. He's been really good lately as well. Uh, Tywan Walker, I I've just never really bought into him. No, um, I can't. <laughs> so like I think he I think he would have to be uh, last on that list for me. Yeah, wanted to mention some guys who are coming back uh, soon. Kent Ameda, uh, Trevor Rogers, who I was talking about when we were talking about the Marlins pitchers, 
And then Tariq Skubal, I think he's on a, an assignment right now. So he's IL. I mean, all these guys should be IL eligible. So, like, if you have a spot, you know, stash them and then see what happens. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just, I don't know, though, man. All these guys, like, have been, there's something with each of these guys. Like, you just <laughs> don't get the consistency, you know? Like, I just don't know what to, I mean, Skubal, I know, is still very young, but, like, he's had some ups and downs already in his career, both in terms of injury and performance. Uh, Trevor Rogers has had huge swings in his performance, and mm-hmm. he's had uh, health issues. Uh, Maeda's had health issues all along, and, and uh, you know, he's pretty old at this point, too. So I'm not, like, none of these guys are, like, huge priority IL stashes for me. I Like, I could see a path to them being good, but, um, you know, it's it, – it doesn't hurt if you have a free IL spot to, to play with, but I wouldn't necessarily put those guys ahead of uh, the the other tier of pitchers we were just talking about, like if they were healthy, you know? Like I feel like Ranger Suarez and Griffin Canning uh, probably belong in, in the same tier with those guys, if not above. Yep, I would agree. Um, you want to go – any other starters? You want to get into some closers? There's a lot of situations uh, there to talk about. Yeah, I just want to mention Justin Steele real quick because, yeah. uh, you know, when we when these guys have these arm injuries, you never know. <laughs> Sometimes it's vague how serious the issue is going to be and how long it will take them to come back. But his turned out to be um, relatively minor uh, left forearm strain. Uh, he didn't end up missing that much time, just a couple weeks, and then he came back and pitched well. So assuming there's no uh, recurrence of the injury, um, he's back to being a, a pretty solid option. I mean, he's due for some regression anyway, but, I mean, he's got a 271 ERA and a 107 whip, so he's definitely a must-roster player right now. Yep, for sure. I mean, he, he kind of reminds me of, like, a Bryce Elder or someone, like, playing a little bit of, above their head, but it's like or, – or even a Tony Gonsolin. It's like, but you just kind of have to ride it. You definitely roster him. And play him. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, let's get to those closer situations. Sure. Well, there's a couple guys dealing with injuries. Uh, Liam Hendricks for the White Sox. Uh, Ryan Helsley for the uh, Cardinals. Uh, Both on my team. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I have Hendricks, too. I I was waiting for him all year. Uh, You know, poor guy, you know, battling cancer, gets cancer-free, comes back, looks really good, Um, you know, gets a save and everything. I mean, he looked rough in his first outing, but then he got a save and was looking better. And now he's dealing with an elbow, uh, right flexor strain. So, not great. Um, the latest I'm seeing is that he's been approved to do like to throw a baseball, basically. But you know, until we see more than that, it's just like it's rough. And Kendall Graveman, I guess, is the best bet for saves. I mean, I have him. He's in. He's 40% rostered, but I'm not like rushing to get him. The White Sox have not been good. Like I was just kind of looking for Hendricks to be the be the guy, but I'm not rushing to get any of the backups. What about you? I mean, I, I I would roster Graveman. I mean, not. I mean, the thing about Graveman is he's actually pitched quite well this season too. So it's not like, it's not like you're holding your nose for saves. Like, I mean, his ratios have been helpful. Yeah. So I mean, he's not a huge strikeout guy, but like, um, but I, you know, I I certainly think he's a solid player to roster. I, you know, the 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 updates I've been hearing about Hendricks have been relatively positive. Like, it sounds like the team is hoping that he's going to be back before the all-star break. Um, so that's good news. I mean, uh, I still think Hendricks is uh, clearly the closer once he's healthy. So if uh, if this ends up being similar to what we just were talking about with Justin Steele, 
um, then Hendricks could be back in a couple weeks and he could be getting saves uh, before the All-Star break. So uh, all is not lost there in that feel-good story of Liam Hendricks. Um, there's a lot of season left for him. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have a setback there. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Helsley is a little bit more of a, a, a tricky one, though, because he wasn't the exclusive closer anyway. I mean, right. Giovanni Gallegos was splitting the job with him, and Gallegos had actually been the one getting more of the saves uh, prior to Helsley getting injured. And now Jordan Hicks is suddenly uh, <laughs> asserting himself. And, um, you know, Jordan Hicks has had a very up-and-down career, but, like, the guy throws super gas. And when he's <laughs> when he's on, he can look at the part of a, clo- a dominant closer. And he had three saves in a row. You rarely see that. Back-to-back-to-back uh, yeah. to back to back games uh, with a save on June 17th, 18th, and 19th. So uh, he seems to be ahead of Giovanni Gallegos as the primary uh, saves man for the Cardinals right now. And when Helsley comes back, um, there's no guarantee that he is going to overtake Jordan Hicks uh, or Giovanni Gallegos for that matter. Yep. I think that's a good call. And then maybe that's why I'm not really rushing to go get Kendall Graveman. I'm staying optimistic about Hendricks, but I'm with you. Helsley, you know, he might just be in the mix with these other guys at that, that point. Yeah, uh, another closer situation that's a little murky or becoming murkier uh, at least over the last couple of weeks has been with my Diamondbacks. So <laughs> Scott McGuff uh, has been getting some saves. Uh, it was you know we had been ranking uh, Chafin and Castro and these guys, and I don't know. I'd have to look and see where I settled on ranking these guys. I can't remember if I I probably ended up ranking them all probably like around two hundred to two fifty because it's like this seems like a full blown committee here, but I'll have to, I'd have to look at the game log. Uh, who do you like the best out of this group rest of the season? Do you think, or is that, is it, is it unknown? <laughs> no, it's not even close for me. Actually. I'm all on the Sean McGuff, uh, bandwagon here. Scott McGuff. I, I think he is. <laughs> What's that? Scott McGuff. Scott McGuff. What did I call him? <laughs> Sean. Oh, whatever. <laughs> all good. <laughs> I'm all, I, do you have to know his name to put him on your bandwagon? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, Scott McGuff is, uh, I mean, he was a really good closer um, overseas. And uh, he came, you know, he came back to the States and looked a little rusty at first. But, like, he has been completely dominant uh, over the last month. Uh, he's got, he has not given up a run. Over the last 30 days, 13 scoreless innings with a 0.54 whip and 18 Ks. Uh, he just got a save today, um, his his third save of the season. Uh, he just, I think this is, the, I think this guy's going to run away with this job. Honestly, I mean, um, Chafin and uh, Castro are just they're kind of flawed pitchers. They're not that great. So, um, I, I, and Chafin, I think is a little banged up right now too. So yep. I think the path is right there for McGuff to, uh, take the job and run with it. And I, I actually think he could be a top, maybe even 10 closer down the stretch if he gets the job to himself. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, I think, uh, like you said, Chafin's a little bit banged up. It looks like Castro does have a save within the last couple of weeks, but it has been McGuff, uh, of late. Um, Albert Alzale, uh, been getting some saves for the Cubbies. I don't know. Any interest there? I'm just going to look up his roster percentage and see where he is. I'm sure he's pretty uh, so lay. I'm sure he's pretty well. Yeah, 34%. So he's pretty available. He has four saves on the year now, and his ratios are looking pretty good, about a K per nine. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, if you need saves. I, I mean, I'm not as excited about him as I am about McGuff. I mean, I think McGuff's a better pitcher, and I think he's in a better situation. Um, I still wonder if lighter factors in um, for the Cubs, but 
it does seem like right now Alzale has the uh, edge. So, um, so yeah, I think he should be rostered in, in leagues where you need saves. Well, talk to me about Jason Foley because I was looking at your rankings and I think you moved him up a bit further than I did. Um, I know Alex Lang had a bit of a meltdown a couple nights ago. Uh, Foley got the most recent save. Do you think we're seeing a changing of the guard here? Or you think it's just kind of a committee and both guys will get saves? Uh, what are your thoughts on Foley? Uh, well, actually, Alex Lane got another save since then, so he has no. the most recent save now. Uh, he got one yesterday, or no, I guess it was two days ago. Um, but, I mean, Foley was probably not available for that one because he pitched two innings the previous game because he uh, he he got uh, Lang out of a, uh, a mess and then um, saved the game. Um, but the thing about Lang is that that wasn't his first bad game. I mean... He gave up four runs in a third of an inning on June 4th, two runs in two-thirds of an inning on June 8th, a run on two hits uh, on June 11th, and then three runs without retiring a batter on the 18th. I mean, that's a that's a string of bad, <laughs> bad performances. <laughs> he also has not been uh, striking many guys out lately. Um, it just seems like he um, – I don't know. I don't know if he's hitting a wall or what, but I worry about Lang – uh, just kind of falling off a cliff. So that's that's the main reason I moved Foley up. I mean, I, I think Foley is clearly the guy that will step in if Lang has to be taken out of the job. I think the Tigers would probably prefer Lang to be their closer because they see him as more of a longer-term closer for them. Um, but, uh, you know, he's a young player that seems to be going through some growing pains right now. So Foley is like... You know, he's kind of like Kendall Graveman. He's not a, he's not a dominant pitcher, um, but he can get the job done, and uh, I think he's the logical fallback uh, for Lang. If you're really desperate for saves, any uh, any dumpster diving here on guys like Trevor May or Hunter Harvey? I know Trevor May is six percent rostered. Uh, he couldn't even get an out in Cleveland last night. Uh, <laughs> took the loss there, but he does have three saves. But man, that ERA and WHIP—I don't know if it's even worth it for a team that. Um, is not going to win a lot of games. What do you think about Trevor May or uh, Hunter Harvey? Well, I I had you may recall I had Trevor May as like a, a sleeper for saves like in in the preseason because yeah. I thought that the A's would try to like build up his trade value by making him their closer and then and then trade him. Um, it hasn't really worked out that way. I mean, they didn't even commit to him as their closer uh, early in the season, and and uh, maybe that's what they're trying to do now. I mean, it seems kind of late in the game to be doing that here in late June with the trade deadline a little over a month away. And like you said, I mean, his ratios are, are really ugly. So yeah, um, I, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, but like, um, and Trevor may has been a good pitcher in the past, but it, I, I'd have trouble picking him up unless I'm really desperate for saves. I don't like rostering players who can blow up my ratios. Uh, Hunter Harvey's been, bit better like he's palatable you know and um i wasn't really sure if he was um ahead of uh kyle finnegan it seemed kind of like an even committee but um harvey did just get a save today so maybe maybe he is uh taking the lead there but uh i mean this is this is only in in really deep leagues for me with these two guys <laughs> yeah and well maybe we should end on a high note here because i did see that you moved felix bautista my guy, uh, the mountain of a man, uh, up to your top spot on the relief pitcher rankings on, on the website. And I was watching him get a four-out save uh, yesterday. 
it was it was really incredible because the guy i mean basically just i mean the guy throws 100 100 101 he was getting behind in the counts i don't know what they were calling for him at times like they had him throw a slider on like a 2-0 count and then he got to 3-0 but then he just threw three straight you know gas like right down the middle and no one could touch it with the move, the movement he has he is he's just awesome and then i think his final pitch of the game was like this slider or sinker or something that was like 78 miles per hour so like how do you do that when the ball just drops off and you're expecting 101 so he's just filthy I'm, I'm happy that you moved him up to number one i haven't done it yet but maybe when we get back together in a couple of weeks and do the rankings updates i'll go ahead and bump him up there with you well yeah i mean i, I think he needs to not only be number one i think he needs to be in a tier of his own because what he's doing in terms of strikeouts is really I don't know if I don't want to say unprecedented. I'd have to <laughs> I'd have to look, but like I, I mean, he he's striking out as many batters as as starting pitchers. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. I mean that's like like I'm 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 trying to pull it up right now. I think he's got like mid sixties in in uh, in case um, in like thirty innings. <laughs> like yeah, sixty nine I mean, strikeouts and thirty four and two thirds. Yeah, so like he has more strikeouts than. Bryce Elder, Michael Waka, Sean. He has more strikeouts than Shane Bieber. He has more <laughs> strikeouts than Max Scherzer. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Anthony DeSclafani, John Gray. Like, <laughs> I mean, Taj Bradley, like, Justin you had me Steele, at Max who we were just talking about. You know, like, <laughs> Nestor Cortez. I could go on and on. Like, I mean, this is insane. I mean, to, to have that kind of strikeout numbers um, in – uh, in so few innings, in 34 and two-thirds innings. Like, I just think he's a huge difference maker, especially in these innings-capped leagues. Like, um, So, I mean, as good as Josh Hader and Devin Williams are in strikeouts, like, those guys are really big strikeout guys, but they're not even close to what he's doing in terms of the case. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, anybody else you want to mention? I know we had Kimbrell on here. Like he's been t- overtaking the job here in Philly. Uh, I, I even dropped Alvarado in a league because I'm just like, even though I don't really trust Kimbrell in the long run. I mean, it could be Alvarado uh, next month. Uh, it's Kimbrell for now, and he's looking really good. So, him or anybody else you want to touch on before we wrap up? No, I mean I, I'll agree with that. I mean, I, I, Kimbrell seems to be he seems to have found the fountain of youth um, and is in a groove right now. So I, I don't really see the Phillies. Um, going back to Alvarado, as long as uh, Kimbrel's getting the job done, I, I will yeah. just also mention like Araldis Chapman, like he's going to get traded, and yeah. I'm just really curious to see if he gets dealt into a closer situation. I, you know, there are a few teams that don't really have a set closer, and he's got the closer stuff. He's also got a huge uh, problem with walks, uh, and it's kind of getting him. <laughs> into trouble in a lot of his outings but um I, I have him rostered right now just because i feel like uh he could be one of these few relievers who gets dealt and actually closes for his new team yep and i, I have to look up when the trade deadline is but i, I feel like it's a, shortly after the all-star break so we, we often see guys traded sort of uh mid to late july so it's it's right around the corner yeah, and I, there's been some rumors that, that the uh, Royals might try to trade him earlier um, to try to get a little bit more value uh, in, in return by giving teams an extra month of his services, and they might try to package Barlow hmm. and Chapman together even. So uh, <laughs> it will be interesting to see. But um, I, I certainly feel like Chapman is auditioning for 
uh, closer role on a contender right now. Uh, whether he deserves it or not, it's another matter. Yeah, why not, Kansas City? Just do it. Pull the trigger. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, why don't we wrap it there? Um, this was a action-packed show. So much to talk about. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, if you do have questions about players we talked about or players we didn't, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Cypher. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.